Oh, my brother and sister, there is grace for you. There is supply for you. And here is the Apostle Paul, and he's on his knees, and he's pleading with God that he will pour out his Spirit upon these people and make them to comprehend what is the height, the depth, the breadth of the love of God to their souls. There is an amazing supply, an abundant supply. And this is the work of the Spirit in the believer's heart. Are you seeking that today? This is why Christians must pray. This is why we need our devotional time and get alone with God and seek the fullness that is ours in Christ. Welcome again to Let the Bible Speak, and we're turning to our message on John chapter 15, verse 1, where Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. As the vine, the Lord Jesus gives life to every branch, and branches bear fruit through the life they share and enjoy from the life of the Lord Jesus. I want you to have that life. I want you to be saved and want you to be a Christian, to know the blessedness of the life of the Son of God, the Lord Jesus, flowing into your life. Now, you can't have that through empty religion. You can't have that through mere tradition. You must come to believe personally on the Lord Jesus and accept him as your own Savior. It is by faith, by trust, by personal confidence in the name, the person, the work of the Lord Jesus, that you are saved. I have a little booklet here. It's called A New Beginning, and I want to offer it free of charge to anyone who writes or emails or calls me. Perhaps you're relying on the fact that you go to church and are careful to do religious works to get you to heaven. You may even pride yourself that you are not nearly so sinful as many other people. The Lord Jesus told of a Pharisee who felt that way. He gave one-tenth of his income to the synagogue and was very religious, but he was not saved. Jesus condemned him and all who are like him. In the words of the prophet Isaiah, This people draweth nigh to me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Now, Stay tuned with us as we come to our message, Jesus is the Vine. Well, there's none of us here today that is a stranger uh, to a vine. Uh, this province uh, is becoming well known for vineyards, and maybe you even have a vine in your own garden. And in the Mediterranean world, in the Bible world, of course, uh, the vineyard was a, a common scene. And when the Lord Jesus used this analogy, I am the true vine, well, everybody knew exactly what he was alluding to. And, of course, vines is, is as old as Noah. We read that immediately after the flood was over, Noah came out of that ark, and he planted a vineyard. And uh, so it's a very old uh, industry and it's very, very common. And so much can be learned from this analogy which the Lord Jesus used when he said, I am 
the true vine. Now, by way of introduction, I want to give you an acrostic. This is not the sermon. It's only the introduction. And just give you a few thoughts. One is vitality, V for vitality. And of course, that's the, the, the tremendous foliage that a vine produces. Uh, it has to be cut away continually. It has to be kept into shape continually because it, it grows so profusely. And of course, it will produce such an abundance of grapes. That's the life of the Lord Jesus. Jesus is I am the true vine. And just as the vine produces so much, my ministry, my grace will produce so many believers. Think of all the Christians that have been born again by the grace and the supply of the Lord Jesus. His ministry is certainly one of vitality. The other, what is really a continual miracle of the vine, is the inward life. And through that little stalk, growing up through those twisty, gnarling branches, is that amazing inner life, flowing to every branch. And in the Lord Jesus, there is an inner life. There is a life of grace, a life of the Spirit that flows to every believer and produces fruit in us. So it is Christ's life flowing into our lives, and the fruit is ours, and it's all for the Father's glory. That is a, a, a wonderful analogy that the Lord is using. And as, if you're a Christian today, you're going to have the Lord's life flowing through your life. You're going to have His grace in your heart, your faith in your soul, and it will bring forth new kind of life. It will bring forth the fruit of the Spirit. So N of the vine, well, we'll make that nourishment. And you think of that one little stalk in the ground, and the roots are ever so shallow, and that little spindly-looking wood that grows up supplying all of this, and yet amazing amount of nourishment to every one of those grapes that are growing. And the bunches and bunches of grapes are all nourished from the one stalk. The Lord Jesus is the one that supplies the need of our souls. And again, we have to make this personal. Christianity is not a thing. Christianity is not an organization. Christianity is not an institution. Christianity is the Lord Jesus. And to be a Christian is to be like a branch united to the vine, to the Lord Jesus. And you are being nourished. You're kept by the power of God through faith. And this is the ongoing ministry of grace to your heart as the Lord nourishes your own heart. And then the E of the vine, well, we're going to call that effusion of life supply. And the amount of fruit is wonderful, the amount of fruit. And herein is our Father glorified whenever you and I bring forth real, godly, Christian fruit. And the amount of it is just wonderful. And when you are saved, when you are united to the Lord Jesus, there is no end 
to the supply and to the grace that is all sufficient in your life. It's sufficient to grow. It is sufficient to mature. It is sufficient to bear burdens. It is sufficient in sickness. It is sufficient in bereavement. It is sufficient even when we face the hour of death ourselves. This supply will never fail because we're kept by the power of God through faith, ready to be revealed unto the last time. And that is the work of the Lord Jesus in your heart. Now, so much for this great analogy. What we want to do here is to come to the words of the Lord Jesus. And you know my approach in these I am's. I want to get to the words. I want to get to the exact statement of the Lord Jesus and ask, why did the Lord say that? He says, I am the true vine. And here is the need to identify the true vine. Because in saying that, there are the false. There are the phony. There are those that pretend, but they don't bring forth the right fruit. And the Lord Jesus warned in his ministry that in this world there will be many false Christs, and they will claim many things. Do not follow them. Do not join yourself to them. And just as there are different kinds of vines, and we know there are those that produce green grapes, red grapes, black grapes, sour grapes. Why, if you go to the store and come home and, and you plant a sour grape, and you wait a whole year for the fruit to come and turn out, it's bitter. What disappointment. And you can see the picture of the Lord Jesus saying, don't join yourself to a false Christ, to the wrong vine, and you end up producing the wrong fruit, the fruit that will not save, the fruit that will only damage you and make you bitter, and a rebel to God rather than reconciled by the very grace of the gospel. Now, this true vine is known by the fruit that it bears. Verse 2, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now, who does this? The husbandman, the father. My, hus my father is the husbandman. And God ensures he inspects the fruit. Think of that. He inspects the fruit. He takes away the dead wood. And where there is genuine fruit, he purges, he cleanses. Or you might say he trims. Ah, that's, that's hard on us, isn't it? We don't like the pruning shears in our lives. And yet we see that it is the necessary work of God to bring us into shape, and that we bear more fruit. It's all about fruit. It's not about us. And that's where we get into trouble bearing the pain of Christian discipleship, because we think it's about us. When you look at a vine, the wood itself is, well, it's rather nasty looking, especially in the winter when there's no foliage on there. You can say, what a mess. It's horrible. And as you look at us. What do you see? You see just the gnarled wood. You see us in our raw state, nothing very beautiful. 
but it is in the act of bearing fruit that makes us to glorify our Heavenly Father. So it's not about us. It's about bearing acceptable fruit to the Father. And what is this fruit? It is the fruit of godliness and holiness. It's, the, the, it's grace operating, working in us the likeness of the Lord Jesus. And as we bring forth that fruit, there is beauty. There is now a, a life pleasing unto God. Now, the branches in this true vine, as I say, are, are known by their fruitfulness. Look at verse 3. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. There is a process here, and there's a difficulty in understanding what's going on. Is this about trimming off, cutting off, or does this word clean talk about actually wiping the leaves from the filth, the dust, the dirt of the day, and keeping them clean? Probably both. Probably both. We know that in a vine, when things get unshapely and, and branches are going in all directions, they have to be cut into shape. But then there's times when things get dusty and dry and dirty that they have to be cleansed. And I'm sure that rain yesterday did its work in cleansing and purifying, and those things are necessary. And the Lord says to us, Now are ye clean through the Word. And here is the purifying, the cleansing of our hearts. How, do, how does it happen? It happens by the Word of God. That Word that is, has a two-edged sword, that has a cutting edge, and has a, an edge that ministers to our hearts. And if you let that Word work in you, uh, then you will be clean, you will be pure, and you will be ready to bring forth that fruit in your life. Now, the application is very evident then. If we are a people who are joined to the true vine, we will be a congregation of people delighting in the Word. That's the first thing. We're going to delight in His Word, and we're going to delight in His commandments. John 15, the word commandments comes up a, a few times. If you love me, keep my commandments. And the things that the Lord says to us, we want to hear them. We want to do them. We want to be a people that are seeking to fulfill the mandate of the Christian life, doing the will of the Lord. That's the kind of church we're going to be. And if we are a people joined to the true vine, not the wrong vine, the false vine, but the true vine, we'll be a people who love the Word, and our hearts will delight in it. There will also be humility versus pride. I see in these little weak branches, some of them ever so slender and spindly, absolute dependence upon the vine. It's not a life of bragging and boasting. It's not a life of parading our own powers. The Christian life is a life of submission to the Lord, depending on His grace, yielding ourselves more and more to Him, and drawing our everything from the Lord. Where else does the branch get its life, its support? Where else can it, by what other means, can it supply and bring forth fruit? Only by total dependence on the vine. These lessons are here for us. 
And if we are joined to the true vine, there will be that spirit in us. We will be that people who have learned submission to the Lord. And our testimony will be by his grace. I am what I am by the grace of God. And our lives will tell that story. There'll be a servant spirit, not selfishness. If you look at the branch in a vine, uh, everyone is clinging and cleaving, and everyone is doing its part in bearing fruit on that vine. There will also be joy in godly things. If you look at verse 11, Jesus said, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy, my joy might remain in you. These things have I spoken unto you, the things about his word, the things about his commandments, abiding, uh, trusting, laying hold on him. They all lead to joy. They all lead to a sense of privilege. This is my blessed state and condition. And it ministers to a happy heart, and it gives us contentment of soul. That's the people we will be if we are joined to the true vine. That's our experience, and that is our walk with the Lord. And I think that because the Lord Jesus mentioned it so much here in this chapter, it really comes to a life of prayerfulness. Verse 7, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will. You will have to say that a, a branch in the true vine will know a ministry of prayer, and will have a ministry of prayer. There will be freedom to ask. There will be yielding, submitting, depending, and that leads to prayer. Prayer is the expression of the dependent spirit and the submissive attitude. By bowing the knee and calling on the Lord for his grace and supply, is saying, Lord, I, I am nothing. I, have, I can't do this. I'm weak, and I'll shrivel up. I need to draw my strength, my daily supply from the heart of the Lord. And that will be your prayer ministry, your own devotional life. And it will grow, and not only in personal bearing, uh, walking with the Lord, but service. You will realize if you're going to serve God, you need to depend on the Lord. Verse 5 is probably the, the, the key verse. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. And the verse 4 before it, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye. Now, have we learned that? I fear that too many of professing Christians have never learned the extent of their total dependence on the Lord. How would you measure that? How would you quantify the degree of dependence that a Christian has on the Lord? Well, it means just jumping into things without prayer. It means making decisions without prayer. Or the one who has learned the lesson, and maybe by experience and failure and folly, has come to realize, if I do this myself, it'll fail. It'll, I've, I've tried so often, it'll come to nothing. I need to lean on the Lord. And so what do we do? We ask, we pray, we take it to the Lord in prayer. And this now becomes our prayer life, this attitude of dependence, this sense, I'm a failure. I, I will never accomplish anything in my own strength, because the Lord said it, without me, ye can do nothing. 
And so I go to pray, and I call on the Lord that his favor and blessing will be upon my service, my deeds, my walk, and that drives us to our knees. And you will become a man or woman of prayer. And I'm afraid many of us, because we learn the hard way through failure, we learn the barrenness, the emptiness of the vine, and then we have to plead with the Lord for a fresh supply. Are you doing that? Are you growing in that understanding? And are you putting that into practice? It will mean a personal prayer life for you. It will mean that there is a, a growing emphasis on prayer in your life. Uh, and I emphasize growing. Things don't happen overnight. You'll learn to pray little by little, just as little children learn to walk and talk. We learn to pray and ask. And that as we're growing in Christ, we become more and more like a branch in the vine. We have a prayer life. Oh, the seasons come and go, summer sun and winter snow. Though the passing years to earth their changes land, there is one whose love so free for all time will changeless be. Jesus always is the same, true friend. Jesus is my dearest friend. Every day, Jesus is my dearest friend, come what may. Tongue or pen could never tell how much he loves me. Jesus is my true and dearest friend Time's swift current onward glides There is nothing which abides Through the fleeting years All things must surely end Friends may fail or faithless be But there's one who cares for me Jesus always is the same true friend. Jesus is my dearest friend every day. Jesus is my dearest friend, come what may. Tongue or pen could never tell how much he loves me. Jesus is my true and dearest friend. Then while time speeds on its way, let us live from day to day. To be those on whom the Master can depend. For though nothing shall endure, Of this truth my heart is sure, Jesus always is the same true friend. Jesus is my dearest 
us is, my dearest friend, come what may. Tongue or pen could never tell how much he loves me. Jesus is my true, my dearest friend. Thank you for joining with us here on Let the Bible Speak. Today, the message has been on John 15, 1, I am the true vine. Jesus is indeed the life of his people. And when you picture that vine standing alone with that little trunk, that spindly, woody nature, and yet it gives life to thousands of tendrils, it is an amazing support and supplier. Jesus is the one who gives life to every one of his people. And from his cross, from his atonement, comes the peace, the pardon, the purity, and the power that we enjoy in our own souls. Mr. Spurgeon said that there may be some sins of which a man cannot speak, but there is no sin which the blood of Christ cannot wash away. See how red is your guilt, Mark, the scarlet stain. If you were to wash your soul in the Atlantic Ocean, you might incarnadine every wave that washes all its shores. And yet the crimson spots of your transgression would still remain. But plunge into the fountain filled with blood, drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and in an instant— you are whiter than snow. Every speck, spot, and stain of sin is gone, and gone forever. Hallelujah for such a gospel. My, we ought to shout and sing from the rooftops the good news that Jesus, the, the life of God, the, the vine to the branch, is the one who gives us such life as this. Mr. Spurgeon went on to say there are some preachers who cannot or do not preach about the blood of Jesus Christ. And I have one thing to say to you concerning them. Never go to hear them. Never listen to them. A ministry that has not the blood in it is lifeless, and a dead ministry is no good to anybody. Well, let's make it clear that we need the blood of Jesus to have the gospel. The bloodless gospel is no gospel. And if your preacher will not preach the blood of Christ, the way of pardon, then don't go to hear him. But let there be the note of warning. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. By his blood, we are redeemed. Stay tuned now for these closing announcements. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca. CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, 
as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. <laughs>